morning. We're going to go ahead and get started this morning. Um, I was going to tell you guys, we, uh, Jesse and I were sitting outside last night, and uh, it was just kind of one of those things, you know, the girls had already gone to bed, and we were just kind of watching, you know, looking at the stars, and it was just really kind of an interesting, you know, interesting look at, uh, you know, just God and just creation, and I was kind of saying, you know, we're just kind of looking up there, and I said, what do you think is the point of all this? You know, looking at the stars, said, you know, the moon wasn't up yet, but it came up, and it was pretty cool, too. I said, but you know, what do you think is the point of all this? Like, those stars could be there, or they could not be there. You know, like, I'm sure at some I don't know, physics level, cosmic level, they probably affect my life in some way. But, like, I could probably have gone to sleep last night and not have known that the stars were there and it wouldn't have affected how I slept or anything like that. And we were just kind of sitting there and I said, you know, like, you look at all these things that are around us all the time. And I say, you know, what's the point? You know, like, Wednesday night we were uh, in Tim's class, we were talking, and Jamie said something about in the rainforest, there were like, what was it, Jamie, like 300,000 different beetles that were discovered. I'm like, what's the point of that? Like 300,000, really? And I said, you know, I guess that's the difference between the creator and the created thing. Like the creator sees what the point of all those things are. The creator sees what, you know, all those little intricacies, it's just, it's just there because you've got a really cool creator, you know, and I was saying, like, like, I like to build things out of wood. I said, you know, I could build a shelf that's functional, and it could just be a board, right? You know, I could just hang a board on a wall, and it would work. You know, it would do its job, but I like to do little things with it, you know, like, I might like to stain it a different color, or you know, make it look a certain way. It doesn't change the function of the shelf, but it's one of those things that when people look at it, they're like, hey, that's pretty cool. I like what you did with that. That's kind of neat, the way that you did that. And I thought about that when I was looking at the stars, and I was like, you know, that's probably the point. Just to kind of look up and say, you know what, God, that's pretty cool what you did right there. I like what you did with that. Or that beetle's pretty cool, <laughs> like 300,000 beetles, who needs that? But, you know, when you look at that and you, and you see God, and you see God's hand just saying, here's something really cool and I want you to appreciate this, or I want you to look at this and know that I'm the creator and that I love you and that I see you, and that if I took this much time <laughs> to put this kind of detail into a beetle that some elephant's going to step on, you know, how much more am I putting myself into you? How much more am I giving myself all of, you know, into all of you for, for this creation? So just the kind of thoughts I have sometimes. We were talking last night, so I just wanted to share that with you guys this morning. Uh, let's pray and we'll get into worship. Father, we come to you this morning, God. We're so, so in awe of you. We're so in awe of your creation. Uh, Father, in just the way that you, uh, God, you just make such beautiful things. Uh, Father, we see, we see your hand and everything around us. 
uh, Father, in the, in the trees, uh, Father, in the, the hills that surround us, uh, Father, in the animals, uh, God, just so many things. Uh, Father, just um, help us to always see your, your beauty and your creation and the people around us. Uh, Father, we are so uh, blessed by you. Father, we're so uh, just unique. Uh, Father, in the way that you, uh, the way that you just uh, flex your creative muscles, Father, when you uh, put the little intricacies, the little unique parts in each one of us, God, the things that, uh, that are of you, uh, Father, your spirit, your nature, God, the way, that you, um, the way that you bless each one of us, Father, just help us to see that, help us to appreciate that, uh, God, help us to encourage that in each other, uh, Father, that we would be everything that you have designed us to be. Uh, Father, we would see uh, how, uh, how creative you are, Father, and how, how wonderful we are in your sight. Uh, Father, and I just pray that, um, that we would be encouraged this morning as we worship you. Uh, Father, I pray that our hearts would be uplifted, uh, God, as we look to you. Uh, Father, as we worship, um, uh, just help us to build each other up. Uh, Father, we know that there's so many things going on in people's lives, uh, Father, that bring us down, uh, Father, that uh, can, can break our spirit. Uh, Father, I just pray that as, we, um, as we're here, Father, that, that we feel love, uh, Father, we feel uplifted. God, we know that we are supported here, um, and if there's something on our heart, uh, Father, or something in our life that is holding us down, Father, we know that this is a, a safe place for that. Uh, Father, you're big enough to handle our struggles. Father, you're big enough to handle our doubts and our fears. Uh, God, everything that we have, um, you already know anyway. Uh, so I just pray that we would, we would feel free to be um, vulnerable before you, Father, and we would lay those things down. God, we would, um, we would truly be able to worship you this morning. Father, we would, uh, we would see your heart. Father, we would see the things that you have left for us uh, in your word. Uh, Father, we would lift our hearts in prayer as we uh, speak with you. God, we would uh, enjoy our time of communion with you and with each other. Uh, Father, that we would be uh, just drawn back to you. Uh, God, I just pray that, um, just pray our hearts would be right this morning, uh, God, and that we would, um, we would seek you with everything that we have. Father, you're so worthy of our worship. You're so worthy of our life and everything that we are. God, I just, um, just can't praise you enough, can't thank you enough for what we have and what we are. Uh, Father, just um, be with us during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with you. So here I am to worship. Here I Say that. 
talking about the uh, stars and the heavens brings back memories of a few years ago when we had an exchange student, many of you know, Casper from Denmark, came to our house and there was corn planted all around our 
house at that time and all the fields. And this year's the first year since then that's happened. It's been too wet in the springs to get corn in. But he was amazed coming from Copenhagen, Denmark, to Soda County, Ohio, in the middle of a cornfield, that uh, there were stars in the sky. He wasn't used to seeing the stars in a big city with all the city lights. And he would sometimes just go out and admire them, uh, along with other things on walking up our driveway. It's about a quarter of a mile long to get on the school bus about things with beady eyes staring at him out of the cornfield, probably raccoons. But, <laughs> but, you know, he didn't experience those things, and he always looks forward to that when he comes back to visit, to just to go out and look at the stars. The reading this morning is from Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. Matthew 3, 1 to 6. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. A voice of one calling in the desert, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locust and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. Bow with me, please. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this day that you've blessed us with. We want to thank you for allowing us to come together this morning to bring worship and praise to you. We ask that this be pleasing upon you. We ask that you be with Jamie in the minutes served today, that this service be an extension of your word and presented in a way that is pleasing to you. We thank you for everything that you've given to us. I ask that you watch over us and mainly we thank you for your grace and mercy that you bless upon us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
just the way you are, you know, so, so come as you are. We have a, a song that says, just as I am. Um, but I think he's talking to non-Christians there. You know, he does love you just where you are, so come, just as you are. Um, so um, the, the communion service is, is made for Christians. So if you're not a Christian yet, just uh, observe and, uh, and think about what's going on here. And uh, if you're a Christian, though, I want you to think about your life and reflect how close it is to what Jesus wants for you. Um, I was thinking about, uh, well, when we commune together like this, when we're thinking about Jesus, I think we're needing to think about some changes. We, we're comparing ourselves to Jesus' walk. How close is our walk to that? Um, like Mike read earlier, uh, John was saying, repent. And uh, that means change, turn away um, from your old way. But who was he talking with? I always try to think about um, the different people that are talking in the Bible and who they're talking to. 
I know this is a little bit of a tangent, but I'm thinking about when Jesus was handing out the bread and the cup at the table, he was handing it out to a bunch of very young people. Uh, I was looking up this morning how old were the uh, disciples, and they were not my age. <laughs> they were very young men, and they were doing everything they could to, to change and, and be closer to that guy they're following around. I think we need to be about doing that. Right now, as we, uh, we think about Jesus, um, the bread, that, that represents his body. And uh, to me, that means his example, what, what he did and how I should follow that. So let's, let's go together in prayer and let's, let's be ready to change where we need to. Lord, thank you so much for loving us the way you do. It seems like that's the way I always open any prayer to you. I just thank you because uh, your mercy is great and my need's great. Watch over us, Lord. Help us to uh, look at your word. Help us to understand it and apply it to our lives where we need to. And uh, help us to follow you the way we should. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm not trying to be hard on any of you. Um, I just want you to know the words that I'm speaking in the scripture I'm about to read, I'm reading it to me first, okay? I, I need to change every day. Um, in Revelation, well, before I read this, I was just uh, reminded that we're Americans, okay? So we have pretty much the wealth of the world when you compare it to most of the, the world. We seem to be the the wealthiest. We all seem to are we're well fed. We have warm or cool homes. Um, but anyway, in, in Revelation chapter three, uh, this is to the church of Laodicea. I can't say that very well. Starting in fourteen, to the angel of the church in Laodicea, write: These are the words of the Amen the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither hot, or excuse me, you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one, I wish you were either one or the other. 
So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich and white clothes to wear so that you have so that you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. Those whom I love I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let's pray. You've given us everything, Lord. Thank you so much. You've allowed us to uh, have this word in our hands, in our homes. Please put it on our hearts. Help us to change where we need to change. Help us to take your son's blood and cleanse us completely and to walk new every day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
you'd all stand with me. We're going to sing this song, then we'll have a few minutes of just fellowship time, shake a hand, slap a back, all those good things. Um, then I'll bring everybody back in with uh, another song, and the kids will be dismissed to their uh, class, and we'll be ready for Jamie's lesson. Worthy Lord, my Lord is worthy, worthy now of praise. Worthy Lord, my Lord is worthy, worthy now of praise. And holy Lord, my Lord is holy, holy now and just. Holy Lord, my Lord is holy. Now of praise, 
shall assemble on the mountain, we shall assemble at the throne, with humble hearts into his presence, we bring an offering of song.
Hey, sunshine. Good morning. Hey, Zach. Thanks, man. I don't know. Um, it takes a lot to lead worship. I, I always think when I lead worship, you sit down, and you're like, oh, I got to get back up again. I got to get back up again. I got to get back. And, you, and, and there's so much energy. I mean, you, we show up, and, um, and you want to be encouraged through song. But if he, so often we're not like thinking back here, if I don't bring it, someone else isn't going to get it. But imagine he doesn't bring it, right? If Zach or Sean or, or Jared, if they don't have the energy and a little bit of hope, if they don't put songs together that speak into our reality today, songs that are relevant, that speak a language that we actually speak in nowadays, there's no fire, there's no encouragement, there's no hope. And so who encourages them? You in prayer and you by singing back there, there's a motivation, there's an encouragement. We grow more in song than we ever do by me talking up here. You know that's true. By Bible classes, by sermons, it's by song, by worship. People in the back singing toward the front, encouraging the, song, the worship leader. Jared, you could say amen. Sean, you could say amen. Zach, you could say amen. I would say amen. Anybody that's ever had anything to do with worship. So wake up and remember what you get today is what you will give today. God is waiting. And through song and everything else, if you're disconnected and it doesn't matter where you go, there's no other church that's going to fire you up if you don't have hope in song. So find it, breathe it, be it. God is good, right? All the time, all the time. Let's do it. God is good. All the time. time. And as Steve Miller would say, he's on time, every time. Let's pray together. God, you're good, and it's so good to be here today, and thank you for Zach. God, thank you for Sean and Jared. Thank you for for all of us who have had any part in leading worship here, but thank you for everybody that sings, God, because we know beyond the worship leader and is a worship leader, Father, we don't want to just throw songs at you. We don't want song leaders. We can lead songs anywhere. We want people who lead worship and people who worship you. That's what you've called us to be, and that's where our hope rests, and so today, thank you for Zach. Pray that you would encourage him and bless him, and I pray that we would remind him, thanks for doing this. Pray that you would gift him well and gift our other worship leaders, God, that they could do uh, what you've called them to do. The calling on us is great, and the time is uh, very important right now. And God, I pray that even now today, I talk a lot of yap about worship, pray that you would show up for this sermon so that we don't waste our time here. Pray that you would use this time in a powerful way to encourage all of us. But thank you so much for my family, our family, our friends, our loved ones that are in this building, people that we like and that we love. Be with those who aren't here this morning, so many getting ready for the fair and all that's going on there. Pray that you would bless them, God. Lord, we pray that you would bless all who are online and any way connected with us or not connected with us. God, we just pray that you are known in, the, in, the, in this town, in this county, in this state, in this nation, in this world. And be with all, Father who want to know you, who know you, and who need to know you, God. We love you. You are so good. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. So we've been going through um, this John the Baptist story. If you remember, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, right? The, The story of Jesus coming into the world was heralded, though, by John. If you remember, there was a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light. He himself was not the light. He's not Jesus. He came as a witness to the light, the true light that 
that was come, the true light that gives light to all mankind was coming into the world. It's powerful truth. John came to herald him, right? John ate weird stuff. He wore weird stuff. He was in the wilderness. And in the wilderness, after 400 plus years, some years of hearing no new word from God, John brought a word from God. And into that darkness, he brought life or light, reminding them of Jesus into the quiet. He was a booming voice for Jesus. And so the scripture reading this morning, as you, uh, as you heard it read, just reminding us of those things. But this is, the, serv- this is the, the title for the sermon this morning. Waitress, there's a locus in my soup. It might make you think of locus, but it's actually locus from, uh, well, um, my IT guy, my, my, my PowerPoint guy, the guy who, well, um, he, he, uh, he gives me mediocre PowerPoint. I give him mediocre advice uh, in, in life. We've kind of worked that out together. I'm kidding. His PowerPoint's awesome. He wants me to blame Tucker, but I'm not, I, I mean, I can't blame Tucker, but I'm kidding. When you see PowerPoint up here, he told me I had to say something cheap about it. I text him and said, what's up with Locus? He said, I've got to fix that. And he came in this morning, <laughs> Jacob, and said, um, oops, I forgot to fix that. Tucker, why did you do this? So there's a locus in my soup. Waitress, there's a locus. Bo, is this, long? is this far enough? Have I pushed it far enough? Jacob, this good enough? All right. If it's me, you know what you get with me. It's not even cool like this. There's nobody doing this. Sermon title, waitress, there's a locus. Locus in my soup. It's a bug, right? So, so you, the, the, the whole thought on this today, here's where we want to focus just for a few minutes, okay, is, is this idea that there's a locus in my soup. We're not doing that yet. We're going back here. So, so the, the point of this, this John the Baptist, I'm just going to leave that up there. I need to go on, but I don't want to. It's just too good for right now, okay? John, he comes in the wilderness, comes out of the wilderness. He begins to teach, he begins to preach, right? There was a time in my life not so long ago that I was with some friends at, um, do you remember Pops? Anybody remember Pops, right, in Wheelersburg? I was, I was, um, I was conned into, talked into, the only time I ever went there. I'm not knocking it. If you guys like Pops, that's all good for you. My experience wasn't so great. I was sitting there with a few friends from church. They promised to pay my way if I went, so you can't not go for that. And uh, we, go to, um, we go to Pops, and a lady brings, um, brings my drink and gets ready to take the order. And when she, I, I started to take a drink, and there's something in my water. It's like a black and just kind of floating around. And I'm like, um, that's weird. Uh, I look at them, I say, hey, uh, there's something in my water. And they say, well, you need to tell her. I said, okay, I will. So she comes back there, and I say, hey, there's something in my water. She said, well, we won't charge you for it. Uh, that's what she said to me. We won't charge you for it. I'm like, oh, that's weird. I know why you're not. No, I'm kidding. I know this has good stories for everybody at Pops. She brought me another drink and laughed, smacked me on the back, and went on. But, but that's not even close to the time that some other guys, Sean, Dale, Jared, Jonas, and I went to another restaurant in the area that I won't mention. Ordered some cheeseburgers. We're all hanging out, talking, having some fun. My cheeseburger comes. I take a bite. It's really good. I start to take another bite, and there's a black pincher bug in the cheese, kind of leaning over, you know, out of my bite place. You know, it's just like that, too. It's like, <laughs> I'm like, what is this, man? 
And, uh, and Sean grabs it real quickly. He's like, we've got to do something, talks to the waitress. And she says, what do you want? And I'm like, I, I don't want anything. I kind of lost my appetite. Just to be honest with you, I'm really not feeling anything, but thanks. Um, but really, it was. It was just kind of leaning out, all intact. It was all intact. I, fortunately, at least we don't think there was any more to it. it you know, it may have just been the second section. I don't know. I don't know why I would say that. Sometimes I just say things, you know, it's like, what does that sound like when it comes out of here? Um, the, the deal for this, this eating and drinking, this, this food and this stuff, you know, these stories got kind of old after a while. Other stories stacked themselves, so I stopped telling the stories until today. You know, the thing in my water, it pops, and it just became another thing. You know, you fracture your skull, you break your arm, you do whatever, and another story stacks on another story. There's another story to tell. Pinch your bug in your sandwich, that's a big deal, but there's some other stories that are bigger or more relevant for the times. That's what's interesting to me about the story we're talking about today. Something weird happens with the story of John the Baptist. And I want to go to Mark because Mark's the one that does this. You know, I stopped telling these stories because they just didn't really have that much play anymore. You know how you do that. But something happens really weird with with Mark when he's telling the story of John the Baptist. If you will turn, you want to turn. I do not know if my light's on, by the way, in case you didn't notice that. I don't know if we put this. We did not put this up here, so pay attention. Mark chapter 1, if you want to turn there in your Bible. Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. Here we go. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people in Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. So here's a couple of things that are interesting to me. If you, if you pay attention to the story in Mark, Mark does something really weird. Mark tells the story of Jesus in like 1,100 words. That's seven to 8,000 less from what scholars say than, than Luke and Matthew. So Mark is really fast-paced, okay? I'm pretty pe- fast-paced, but I use a whole lot of words, okay? But I also only highlight the things usually that are really important to me. I might go on and on about those things, but I really just hit the things intentionally that's what I'm trying to do well Mark is like hey listen here in the the whole Jesus story 11,000 words seven to eight thousand less but he focuses in all this gotta go gotta go gotta go don't have time for this on locusts wild honey and what John wore is that interesting to you you should say that is interesting to me you're telling me the whole Jesus story, 11,000 words, seven to 8,000. I'm trying to get your attention here, by the way. Seven to 8,000 words less than Matthew and Luke. Yet he slows down to tell you, hey, I had a pincher bug in my sandwich. Right? 
The, the, the clothes he was wearing were so weird. Why, why would he do this? Why would he say these things? Well, he is really trying to do something important for us. He's trying to call in to a story, something that happened. This matters to you, and you should pay attention to it. For very basic reasons, not, not really, really, you're not going to go, wow, that's amazing. No, you really should go, wow, that's amazing. But it's about your very personal, very base level of your Christianity. One, he talks about locusts and wild honey. We'll go the first, last ones first. The scripture will cover it, that what he wore and then what he ate. But for the sake, just how I felt like this flowed, <laughs> we'll go with what he ate and what he wore. Be the, so, so, so the idea was he ate locusts and wild honey, and you would say, why? And, and I, I remember being in Honduras a few years ago, and I told the story a few times. One of our girls who was working really hard asked a very interesting question, and I believe it's the same girl that asked another question very similar the very next year. Not of the same kid, but, but, but some of the kids in, in the ministry there. The question was, what is your favorite food? We're in Honduras. They're eating beans and rice, and that's basically all they have, the ones who are the poorest, and which are most of them. What's your favorite food? And the, and the look was puzzling from the kid because the kid was looking, thinking, what do you mean favorite food? <laughs> I eat beans and rice. I didn't know there, I had an option of having a favorite. This is what I have. The next year, the question was to someone, do you like beans and rice? The same puzzlement, right? The same look of, I, I, I didn't know there was an option to like or not like. I eat because it's here. And that's exactly what you need to see with John. Don't make too big a deal so often we do. John's so weird. John's so odd. He's eating locusts and wild honey. No, he's not. He's doing something really powerful. He's eating what's available. Wow, parents, imagine that. <laughs> Imagine your kids just going, oh, that's what we have today? Thank you very much. I'll be glad to eat it. Eat beans and, uh, and rice. Eat locusts and wild honey. You have, um, you, you know, the wild honey, sometimes they think it could have been a maple or a type of syrup coming out of trees and different things like that. We're not offered that in this text. He ate locusts because locusts was there to eat. Locusts. Sent my, Sean sent my sandwich back for me for a pincher bug in it. I eaten that. <laughs> and John's, John the Baptist is like, oh, this is nice. Can I get some more of those locusts real quickly because I'm still hungry. I've been preaching a lot today. And wild honey. He did it because it was available. It's what's for supper. What's for supper? Locusts and wild honey. What did you have yesterday? Locusts and wild honey. What are you having for breakfast in the morning? Locusts and wild honey. What you eat for lunch? Locusts and wild honey. Why? Because it's here. It's what's available, but it teaches us something really important. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for there's the kingdom of heaven. Jesus hits this on the Sermon on the Mount, pops out of his mouth first, mouth first thing. And, and, and what John is doing and what Scripture is doing, what Mark is showing us, is John's total reliance on God. He's totally relying on God. What should hit you also about this story, uh, about, about Mark's version of John the Baptist's story of the Jesus story, is it starts here. It starts, you, you don't get a Jesus narrative. You don't get his birth narrative. You don't get anything. What you get is 
the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, and then it flips to John the Baptist. Isn't that weird? The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's John eating locusts and wild honey, and Jesus just shows up on the scene. You don't hear about his birth. You don't hear about anything else. You see John in the wilderness. You see Jesus in the wilderness, and that's another thing that this is trying to teach us. It's very important. Mark wants us to know. He wants to put John fully in the wilderness, right? Fully in the wilderness. He is so in the wilderness, he's just eating whatever, cross from under a rock. He's he just, whatever's on a tree, he's, he's foraging for his food, if you will. Whatever I find, I'm going to eat. This is where I am. And it stands in stark contrast, as well as close, to all the religious leaders who have everything. They have it all, and God's not enough. God was John's. He was so dependent. He was his life and how he rolled, and that's just powerful. And so the scripture from Jesus would be is quoted here, as we quote often, Matthew 11, 18, and 19. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. And the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, but wisdom is proved right by her deeds. And so you, you get this flow of John the Baptist, right? And, uh, and so I'm, I'm trying to see where I lost myself here. Jacob, you did really well here, by the way. And then this is the mark that I looked up on the, on the, in my book. And this is where we are today. Jacob, very good job. Um, so, so then you see him pushing it. This is his meal. This is what he ate. This is what he did. No, n- not, not, not. He's not trying to make a scene. He's not trying to call attention to himself. He's just doing what is necessary. He's doing what makes this right. He's just, it's, 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 he's here, and that's what he eats. Don't make too big a deal about it. That's what John would say. Don't make too big, de- big a deal about it. And his, and his clothing, I mean, it's camel's hair. He wears this leather belt, a belt around his waist. And something interesting is happening with this as well. If you watch what's happening with John, he, he eats this weird stuff. No, 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 it's not weird. It's, it's not weird at all. It, it's just that John is doing a work. John is preaching in such a way that the whole, everybody wants to come out and hear him. He, he's telling them truths about Jesus. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, right? People were telling their stories. They were repenting of sin. They were repenting of the brokenness in their lives, and they were turning back to God with all of themselves. That's why John's coming out of the wilderness. That's where Mark has him, just stuck in the wilderness. Why? Because Israel their hope came from where they were so lost in the wilderness. They were broken in the wilderness. They were sent to the wilderness because of sin, struggle, battle. But they were in the wilderness to learn complete dependency and reliance on God. Turn back to God. Here's hope in the wilderness. And here's John, who was hope in the wilderness. His clothing was interesting because it did something very powerful for him also. You know, the, the camel's hair uh, was a... Was a it was protection from the storm, from the weather, if it rained or whatever would happen. Also, in the, in the heat, it kept him cooler. And then if it, if it were colder, it would keep him warmer. Very interesting, the, the, the choice of and the provision of camel's hair. But there's something else going on here. If you read in 2 Kings chapter 1, Ahaziah, Ahaziah, Ahaziah had fallen through. He's the king. 
he had fallen through the lattice at his, in, in, his, in, his, in his palace, and he was severely wounded, and he sent messengers to go talk to Elijah the prophet. And when they got to him, he prophesied about what was going to happen. They went back and said, this is what happened. And the king said, what kind of man was it who, who came to meet you and told you this? Who was this guy? What kind of man was he? And they said, he had a garment of hair and had a leather belt around his waist. And the king said, well, you know what the king said? This is Elijah. Everybody knows this is Elijah. That's how he dresses. That's what he does. When, when someone sends for a prophet or when a prophet shows up and he's dressed like this, you know it's Elijah. It's not uh, it's not dress code for prophets. You don't have to wear, you know, camel's hair and leather belts. It's just what he did. In Malachi, in the prophecy about John the Baptist coming, it says, See, I will send the prophet Elijah to, be, to, be, to you before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. So, so, God is putting this image in their head, and those who were paying attention at the time were coming to John because they knew Scripture or because like the Pharisees and, and those highbrow type of, of religious people, were, they, they were hearing the story or they knew Scripture. That for some reason, they're showing up to see this John the Baptist who says, repent. Man, you got to change. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. What he wasn't doing was condemning them to hell. He would say, you brood of vipers, who warned you to escape, escape the coming wrath? He did not say, there's no hope for you. You can't be saved. What he said to the Pharisees and those was, man, you guys have made a mess of everything. But there's hope for you because out of the wilderness, Jesus is coming. And in a few, just a few verses, you're going to see Jesus. Mark's going to place him right in the wilderness after his baptism. So something cool that... that, that that Mark is doing. There's something neat that God is doing out of this wilderness. And, and so the call for us would be to wonder a little more deeply what's happening with God in this wilderness and what's happening. Yeah, nice job. What's happening with this John the Baptist? What's happening in his story? Why did he have locusts? Why did he eat locusts and wild honey? Why was he dressed like this? Why were these things going on with him? Well, we would say because they're right here in handy. We would say because they're practical for him. But it goes a little deeper than that. It goes, just, it goes a lot deeper than that, actually. The truth of John the Baptist's story is he's a Nazarite. Nazarite just simply means that he's set apart. God called him to be set apart from birth. His hair is not to be cut. There's a certain way he's supposed to live. There, there's a, a Nazarite vow. If you would want to go back in, in Scripture and look at that and see what was called for, on from a, for a Nazarite, it's pretty interesting. The set apart for God is what they were. They were holy. They are holy. And so John, this story wasn't that John thought he was doing something amazing. What John was doing, what was natural. And so, so for Nazarites, if you remember Samuel, right? The, the Samuel, the prophet, he was, a, he was a Nazarite. Samson, the judge, was a Nazarite. He let his hair grow long, stay away from you know, wine and all those kinds of things. It was a special call on his life. Well, John's a Nazarite. He is set apart for God, set apart for holy things of God. 
And so that's the power of John's story. It's not just that he was a Nazarite. If you remember, Samson pretty much did his own thing. He didn't live into his Nazarite vow. So John had an option. It wasn't that John was in the wilderness and he just made this, oh, I have no choice. This is why I was made. He had a choice to live the life of right? holiness or not. Holiness meaning set apart, but there's more to this set apart. It's set apart for a purpose. Holiness set apart for a purpose. There's a call on John's life. And his call is to prepare the way for the Lord. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so he began telling the story that you know and that you've heard. The good news of Jesus Christ started with John, the Baptist for Mark, because he began to say there's hope coming from the wilderness. There's life coming from the wilderness. Why? Because Jesus is going to show up. He's going to save you from your sin. He's going to die for you. He's going to be tempted in every way just as you are, but he's not going to sin. And you would say, no way he's tempted in every way like him. Does he know my life? And I would say, absolutely. And John would say, absolutely. And Jesus would say, absolutely. By the way, I made you. I know your life very well. And so out of, out of the wilderness, I'm coming so that you can know in your wilderness, I'm going to make a way for you. That's the beauty of that story. But in his set-apartness, remember it's set-apart with a purpose. And so the next question would be, what does that have to do with me? What does John the Baptist have to do with me? And we've been making this application often, right? Number one, we are those who are called to keep this. We are those also with an opportunity to be a voice crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way for God. He's, he wants to save you. He wants to bring you hope and he wants to bring you life. He wants to step into your wilderness and lead you out of it. He's made provision for you there. And so a call on us, if you will, and we are called to this, right? In 1 Peter chapter 1, and this is not up there. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Be set apart for a purpose because I'm holy and I've set you apart for a purpose. So we would ask a couple of questions here. What does this have to do with me? We've said this already. One, I am called to be holy. I'm called to be set apart for a purpose. What's the purpose? Well, the purpose is to make Jesus known, to make him famous, to make everybody understand that there is a life you're living if you're God's child, awesome, keep sharing it. But if you're not, there's a life you're living that is leading you away from God. And there is a, there's a time, this isn't going to last forever. I just want to tell you, this can be different for you eternally. There's hope. There's salvation in Jesus. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him, right? Make the mountains low. Fill the valleys with them. That's the call for us to tell the story of Jesus. But there's also more to it than that. In the way that we live and the way we tell those stories, the words of our mouth, the meditations of our heart, the thoughts that go through here, the things that I do, I, the way I dress, how I eat, is that fair? I mean, that's for you. We could sit and make decisions always on all of these things, the way we eat, the way we drink, the way we live, the way we talk, the way we act, 
the way we dress, all these things, it's all on the table here for holiness. Because if I am called to, be, to live in such a way that doesn't set me against the world in condemnation, but shows a clearer way of hope and life in contrast to the world, yes, but more so to those religious leaders that want, you know, the world condemned and lost. There's two places we got to stand against. One, we got to stand and live against the world and the, the way it goes. But two, we got to stand, we got to live against those in religion who so often end up being what John had to stand against, holding people out. This is how you live. This is what you do and may have nothing to do with Jesus and what he's called us to. So how we live, how we talk, how we dress, how we eat and drink, everything we do, like it or not, there's a call in your life. I mean, if you want this Jesus thing, that's just how it is. Everything you do comes with this kind of offer. You're going to date somebody. Well, you're going to date me. There's a certain way that we do these things. You want to marry someone? Well, if you marry me, there's a certain way this is going to happen. If we're friends, okay, we're going to be friends, but there's no betrayal in this friendship, right? Well, why is it so weird when all of a sudden we, we connect with God and we want him to save us, but I'm not going to, I don't expect you to do anything to my life, God. No, John came and he was incredibly different. He was really weird. Now, now you're not called to be, you're called to be weird, yeah, but not that weird, okay? It was a, pur- there was a purpose for John's weirdness. There was a purpose for his oddness. But, but we're called to understand the times to get it from the way we live, the way we preach, the way we worship, the way we teach, the way we do. We understand the times. It's right to understand the times we're in. And I'm finished with this for the day, okay? I just need you and I want you to be encouraged about this, man. These words used to just drive me crazy, and they still do. The call that God would make me holy. It, it, like, it like, like, like burns in me, burned in me. It should probably burn a lot more today. I just couldn't. I would sit in pews like you, and people would talk about God is, is holy, and he wants to make me holy, and, he want, and, and I am holy because what he's done to me. I'm set apart for purpose. Like, there's no way. God would pick me. There's no way. If there was a chance, man, I would be like, let's go. Because there's nothing like this. There's no offer like this. I don't want to take you out of the world. I don't want to make you a freak show. What I want you to be is holy where you live. Be different where you are. Bring hope in what you're doing. And clear, prepare the way for me. That's God's call on your life and my life. I mean, if you want in on what he's offering. I know you want in on what he's offering. John shows up in the wilderness. The call on him was to repair the way for the Lord. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's like just, we're in it. Right now, you're in it right now. How are you doing with holiness? How are you doing with that set apart for a purposeness? If you're struggling with it in any way, I'm telling you, you'll have a couple elders come up here. If you came forward, they'd come up and sit by you, and they would say, we get it. I struggle with it all the time. I battle with it all the time. I know I'm holy because God made me holy, but living into that takes a lifetime of grace and mercy. If you're not a son or, daughters of, of, son or daughter of God today, this story of the good news of Jesus
starting with John, as Mark would say. It's just so cool. The good news of Jesus is that he came and he died and, and, and was buried. He rose again and, and defeated death forever. He died for your salvation. He died for your sin. He died to take away everything. You can get in on that if you're not a child of God. One of the elders who will come up here with you and immerse you into Jesus today. That can be yours if you're online and you struggle with any of this. Connect with one of the elders, Tim or myself, or whatever you desire. Man, the kingdom of heaven, it's here. There's so many here who are part of it today. Most all of us are a part of it today. But if you struggle in any way, why don't you come as we stand and sing? Yeah. The joy of the Lord will be my strength. I will not falter. I will not faint. He is my shepherd. I am not afraid. The joy about the Red Cross blood drive in there and there is a date if I can get to it here August the 15th from 10 to 3 and then our friends and family day at Noble Farm September the 10th and morning worship will start at 10 a.m. just like it, we do every Sunday um, take time to look at the uh, 
the sick list and continue to pray for those people there. Um, update on Clyde Ball, he's been moved to room 67 at Best Care. So that's room 67. I know Clyde uh, wants our prayers and uh, we're, we're praying for healing for him so he can get back to his home. Um, cancer support group each Monday evening at 6 p.m. and that's hosted by PJ Glauder and Jamie Shy. Uh, and you can do in person or you can do it uh, a Zoom meeting. Um, remodeling work is going on over here in the whatever you want to call it, the annex or the fellowship hall. Um, it's all been painted. It really looks good. Uh, some electric was run and they're going to start on the floors uh, tomorrow. So we've got some, got some improvements coming back there. Really looks good. On the, uh, on the desk back there in the welcome center, there is a, uh, you can't read it from here, but you can see it. It's a prayer card and it says, you give this to the student that you want to pray for. And um, it says, this is no ordinary pencil. This pencil has been prayed over with you in mind. Keep this pencil in your desk or in your backpack. And when you are sad or having a bad day or just need help in doing your work, you can hold this in your hand, close your eyes, and know that God is always there to help you out. So those, these are in the back there on the, uh, on the Welcome Center. They're free for the taking and, uh, and, and passing out to a student of your choice. In um, Matthew, the 22nd chapter, there is a parable about a wedding banquet. And all those who were invited were unwilling to come. Um, they had different excuses as to why they couldn't come. So the king said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So he says, just, just go out and get anybody that you can find and invite them to the banquet. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. And, um, you know, the thing about the wedding clothes, they were free. The wedding garment was free. The invitation was free. Everything about this was free. But here's a man that does not have on the wedding garment or the wedding clothes. And he says that he was speechless. He could not reply why he did not have wedding clothes. And the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited but few are chosen. If you know someone without wedding clothes, try to talk to them. You won't always succeed, but there's many times that you will succeed. It, it, is, a, it is a serious thing to be caught without the wedding clothes. Let's all bow together. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the word we've heard today. Thank you for the songs. Thank you for the chance to commune around the table with one another. Thank you for the time to fellowship with each other. Thank you, Father, for your son, Jesus, who gave his life for us. Father, we pray for all the sick. We prepare a special prayer for Clyde. Uh, we pray, Father, that he can grow stronger, um, that he can get the ability to walk again, 
And Father, we just thank you for all you've blessed him with. Just please continue to be with him. Father, I pray your blessing on each family here, on each marriage here. I pray your blessing, Father, for those who are not here with us this morning for whatever reason, Father, whether it be sickness or some other thing, Father. And Father, we give you thanks for all that you bless us with, especially for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.